Healthy Hacker, Episode 1. Welcome to The Healthy Hacker, where we talk about programming, puzzles, memory, fitness, diet, and everything else that you, a healthy hacker, find interesting. I'm Chris Hunt, and on the very first episode, episode one, I'm going to answer a question I get all the time. Every conference I go to, every time I start a new job, every time I pair with somebody new, and that is, Chris, why do you use Vim? Out of all the text editors on the planet, why do you choose to use Vim? It's so old. It looks like crap. Why do you do it? So I'm totally going to tell you I have many valid reasons why I love using Vim. Really excited about it. Going to answer that question. Before we do, though, we are going to talk about the workout of the week. Ta-da! All right, the workout of the week is a section that uh, basically I'm just going to take a workout I've done recently and tell you about it. And hopefully you find the time this week to try it yourself because every single one of these workouts you can do. I promise you, okay? So this week's workout is a workout that I've been doing for several years. You need barely no equipment. All you need is a floor. I do it at least once when I travel, sometimes twice, sometimes three times. I think there was a point in my life where I was doing this workout like three or four times a day. This is the only thing I was doing. I don't recommend that, but you should totally give it a shot at least once this week and let me know how you do because I'm curious. So uh, let's get right into it. This is a a 10-rep pyramid, and I'll, I'll explain what that means. Basically, you want to do each exercise one time, then two times, then three times, then four times, all the way up to 10, the top of the pyramid, 10 times, and then you go back down again to one. So nine, eight, seven, until you finally end with one rep of each exercise. So the two exercises you're going to do for this workout is a push-up and a shoulder press with no weight on each of these. You're just doing body weight. So I'm sure everybody knows what a push-up is. If you don't, check out the show notes or just do a Google image search. Uh, Shoulder press you may or may not be as familiar with, but it's just like it sounds. You take your hands, put them by your shoulders, and then press your hands up into the air. Again, just do a Google image search. You'll totally get what this is. So the workout is one push-up, one shoulder press, then two push-ups, two shoulder presses, then three push-ups, then three shoulder presses, then four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then go back down again, nine, eight, seven, six, and you finish with one push-up, one shoulder press. Now the goal with this is to go as fast as you possibly can, but take breaks as necessary. Uh, I definitely can't do this without stopping, especially on the push-ups part. So do as fast as you can. Uh, when I did this this morning, I did it in seven minutes and 28 seconds. So let me know how you do. I'm super curious. If you've never done this before, it's going to seem crazy hard, but I know you can do it. By the time you finish this workout, you will have done 100 push-ups and 100 shoulder presses. If it really, really, really is out of your reach, even with breaks, then you can scale this workout by decreasing your pyramid. So instead of doing a 10-rep pyramid, do like a 6-rep pyramid or a 5-rep pyramid. But with breaks, I know that everybody can do 100 push-ups and 100 shoulder presses. It might take you a while, but you can do it. So give it a shot. All right, so now it's time to answer that question, why do I use Vim? Well, for starters, if you're going to learn any text editor, 
Vim is a pretty good investment. It's been around for a long time, over 20 years. It's open source. It runs on everything. It's not like there's a company vested in its future. You know, it doesn't cost you money. It's for as long as I'm programming, Vim is going to be around. So if I'm going to waste time trying to master a text editor, Vim is probably a good choice because it's not going anywhere. I'm not going to have to uh, forget everything I've learned and start learning a different text editor. I can use Vim for the rest of my life for all my text editing. So it's a good investment of your time. Now, if you do a Google search or start looking for books for Vim, you might see VI. And VI is actually an older editor that Vim is based on. Vim stands for VI Improved. And most of Vim's functionality comes from VI. So most of us don't use VI. Some of the things I really like about Vim that VI doesn't have is improved syntax highlighting for the languages I like to use, mostly Ruby and JavaScript nowadays. There's spell checking. So when you use it for typing in emails or typing up a pull request, that comes in handy. There's splits. So you can view maybe your test and your code at the same time without having to go back and forth. You have multiple levels of undo and redo. Vim can do diffs, whereas VI can't do diffs. So you can open up two of the same files that are edited at different points of time and see the diff in red and green. It's pretty nice. And then you also have scripting. VimScript itself, which is the native script language for Vim, is not pretty, but you can also do scripting with other languages like Perl, Ruby, Python. And Vim also has a really awesome help system with which VI does not have. There's also some improvements that Vim adds that I don't really care about. I mean, I took notes, obviously, because I don't have all this stuff memorized and I've I've titled this section Dumb Stuff because it, it's kind of dumb. I don't care. Line folding is one. Editing of compressed files. I don't really care about that. You can edit files over network connections like SSH, FTP, HTTP. I could see how that would be useful, but I've never wanted or had to do that. And then Vim also provides a graphical user interface. Usually you open this up using GVim for graphical Vim. And that provides mouse integration. Again, things I don't care about. One of the main reasons I use Vim is for speed and not having to touch the mouse. So it's kind of silly to for me to get excited about that kind of stuff. Okay, so so that's the kind of the differences between Vim and VI and why everybody uses Vim. Most computers now, if you type VI, that's going to be alias to Vim anyway. By default, there's not really a good reason for you to use VI that I can think of. The reason I first started using Vim is kind of a silly one, and that is because my brother used it. Uh, my brother, Nick... He climbs mountains for a living right now. He lives in Seattle and goes up and down Rainier. Uh, when it gets too cold to climb Rainier, he goes to the other side of the world and leads climbs up mountains over there and then comes back again and starts climbing Rainier over and over and over again. Before he did that, though, he used to do quite a bit of programming. And I remember when I would watch him program because he started programming before me, he looked like a real hacker. He looked like the hackers you see on TV. He never touched the mouse there was text flying out all over the screen, files opening, closing, splits. It was awesome. It was like I wanted to be that person, you know? And he was using Vim. I didn't know it was Vim, but that's what he was using. So I opened Vim. I tried to edit some files. I was using Eclipse at the time and doing Java. This is like my first year of college. I was taking an introductory to programming class. It's the first programming I've ever done. And I thought Eclipse was great. It compiled my code for me. It had buttons for everything. But I didn't feel like a real hacker. Uh, when I looked at Nick, I mean, granted, he was writing C, which already looks way cooler. 
he was using Vim as well, and it just impressed me. So I tried to start opening up some of my Java files, and I have no idea how to do it. No idea how to edit a file. I have no idea how to save a file. I have no idea how to type in the document, for crying out loud. If I press keys, it does nothing. Sometimes it delete words. Sometimes it pastes words. It's a mess. And this is probably the first experience that everybody has when they start using Vim. Because Vim operates completely different than any other text editor I've ever used. It's weird. Vim has modes. It has a language. It has objects, subjects, counts, verbs. All that stuff is like really weird when you first get started. But once you understand it, it's a lot of learning up front. Everything just kind of clicks and you're instantly faster than you've ever been before. For example, let's say we wanted to copy a method from one Ruby file and put it in another. If I was using Sublime Text, right, I would take my mouse, I would select that method, I'd press Command-C to copy it, and then I'd click over to where I want the method to be, and I'd press Command-V to paste it. Not very bad. That's pretty fast. Probably doesn't take very long. But in Vim, you can do it even faster and without touching your mouse. Vim has a verb for yanking text. It's not called copying, it's called yanking. It has a movement called inside. So you can yank inside something. And then it has subjects called text blocks, which in Ruby, those are methods. Vim understands blocks of text. If you're editing a markdown document, like say a readme, Vim will know where a paragraph starts and where a paragraph ends. If you're editing a Ruby file, it's going to know where a method begins and where a method ends, or where your class begins or where your class ends. So using the verb yank, which happens to be the key Y, and then the movement inside, which happens to be the key I, and then the subject paragraph, which is Vim's word for a block of text, you can yank a method. So if I put my cursor inside a Ruby method and I type Y-I-P for yank inside paragraph, it's going to copy that method to the clipboard. So by understanding the verb yank, the movement inside, and the subject paragraph, we can perform actions really, really quickly. And then if we want to paste it somewhere else, we press the P key for paste, and it'll stick that text down. So everything in Vim is based on those concepts of verbs, movements, and subjects. You also have one more thing you can play with, and that is counts. So if you want to perform something multiple times, in most cases, you can stick a number in front of it, like one, two, three, five, and it's going to do it that many times. Understanding those basic concepts gets you a really long way, and then it's just a matter of understanding which keys correspond to which verbs and which movements and which subjects, and that just comes with time which is the third reason I like to use Vim, is there's so much stuff to learn. Whenever I get bored, all I got to do is pull up Vim help, and I can start learning stuff. And every little thing I learn, every little keyboard shortcut, every movement, every subject, gets me a little bit faster. And it doesn't seem like a lot. Like the example I gave earlier of copying and pasting text in Sublime with a mouse, that doesn't take very long. But if you add up all those little bits, you're saving a ton of time. A good analogy I like to use is lifting weights. If I'm squatting 100 pounds 
and I take a little teeny tiny two and a half pound plate and I put it on each side of the barbell. I probably won't even notice it. I mean, I'll be squatting 105 pounds now, right? That's not really that big of a difference. But if I add those two and a half pound plates 60 more times, going in once a day and doing that, I'm now squatting 400 pounds, which is a pretty big difference. So those little changes don't seem like a lot, but taken as a whole, you're editing text way faster than people who aren't using Vim. The last reason I like to use Vim is because it runs in the terminal. And this may not seem like a big deal, but it really is. Cosmetically, it's nice because you can just pop a terminal open full screen and have no Chrome. I use Mac OS, so I've got that big menu bar on top. It's really nice to just full screen a terminal and not see anything at all and have your command line tools and your text editor all running in the same window. I happen to use Tmux to manage that stuff. I won't talk about Tmux now, but I definitely will talk about it in another episode. But even out of the cosmetic reasons, it's nice to have a text error that runs in the terminal because you're not always using your own machine, right? As web developers, I'm a web developer, we're always connecting to remote machines to edit files. Now, why is it that we should be forced to use a different text editor, right? The nice thing about Vim is it runs in the terminal. So every machine you connect to will likely already have Vim installed. But even if it doesn't, you can install it and you can put your config files over there and you can make it so that no matter where you're editing text, you're always in the same environment, which is awesome. Before I started using Vim, I would connect to remote machines and, and be forced to use some text editor I'm not familiar with. And it drove me nuts. But now I sometimes forget I'm on a remote machine because it's exactly the same as the machine I use at home. So if you've never tried Vim, or maybe you tried it in the past and it was super confusing or really turned you off, give it a second shot. There's a great Stack Overflow article that just kind of rehashes a lot of the things I said here, but it's just it's also just fun to read. It talks about the core concepts of VI, the editor that Vim is based on, and uh, I put a link to that in the show notes. There's also Vimcasts by Drew Neal, which is a screencast series that's totally free. And he covers a lot of advanced concepts. He's got a little bit of beginner stuff in there as well. You can also just open up a terminal and type Vim Tutor. And Vim's going to give you a little lesson in how to use Vim. Give it a shot. That's all I've got for this week. You can find the show notes at healthyhacker.com slash one. If you have any questions or feedback, send me a voicemail. Healthyhacker.com slash voicemail. 